Hello everyone, Harry here and welcome to a special event, Talking Feds. This week marks the one-year anniversary of Merrick Garland's taking the reins at the Department of Justice. So it seems a good time for a bit of a retrospective look at where the department is and how the work is going. And we're really pleased and fortunate to be able to talk with Vanita Gupta, who is the third-ranking department official. She has oversight of the Civil Division, the Civil Rights Division, the Antitrust Division, Tax, Environment, and a whole bevy of grant-making components. Vanita Gupta, thank you so much for being with us. It's great to be here, Harry. Thank you. All right. So you're the associate attorney general with an attorney general that has made protecting civil rights one of the department's three priorities. That's already central to your portfolio and maybe your heart since you previously headed that division. How does it affect your job overall and day to day that the department has this priority for civil rights. Yeah. So Harry, you know, the attorney general from his very first day, he, he laid out these three co-equal priorities for the department. One was upholding the rule of law. The second was keeping our country safe. And the third was protecting civil rights. And he has been clear, as has the deputy attorney general, that they don't view the work of civil rights as kind of exclusively living in one division, the civil rights division. They really view it as as a value that needs to be infused across every part of the department. And it's a complex building, as you know. Um, yeah. But the fact that he has done that and been really clear about that from day one has really empowered me to ensure that we are infusing civil rights in everything we do, whether it's from the grant making we do to support local criminal justice systems and law enforcement agencies to the civil division, to the antitrust division, to the environment and natural resources division and the like. And I think that that's been a really important mandate for the attorney general. Now, you just rattled off all of your divisions. Is it also a sort of overlay on the criminal side of what you say is a vast shop? Or do you mean that that protecting civil rights is a value you bring to bear in all of your vast work, which, of course, encompasses much more than civil rights? Well, I think that it is across the entirety of the department. I mean, the the deputy AG talks about this a lot with the federal law enforcement components that she oversees and that this is not kind of confined to one part of the department or in a silo, but actually truly is a set of values that carry across every single part of the department, uh, including, you know, the agencies and the components that I don't oversee. Got it. And I mean, I can see that a lot of U.S. attorneys offices bring a sort of civil rights focus to their criminal work. But I want to sort of bear down a little bit more concretely. So let's stick with your vast portfolio. So antitrust, say, which is a big part of what you uh, do and a big part of what the Biden administration does. Uh, You have been executing what the president has called for in pushing back against certain corporate consolidation, some very big ticket cases, Lockheed and Simon & Schuster, United Health Group. Can you describe to me in sort of concrete terms what it means to approach that area and those cases with a civil right, with the, the imposition of civil rights values? Well, you know, fundamentally, antitrust work is about making sure that the economy works for everyone. And that is really at the heart of economic justice. I think the attorney general 
has laid out a vision for our antitrust work that is rooted in economic justice and understanding that competition in the economy is really about higher quality, lower prices. It's, you know, he we participated in a meeting with the president about on the labor market in particular. We, we are being very aggressive using litigation to protect consumers and workers competition across a lot of different industries. Uh, as you said, you noted the publishing industry, but health insurance, agriculture, the food that you and I get on the table, beef and chicken and proteins, airlines, all of it, the stuff that matters to everyday people. People sometimes think of antitrust as this incredibly wonky area of the law, but actually mm-hmm, the right. impact on it is felt by families across the country. And so really it is an economic justice issue. And I think there's no question that, that we are being really aggressive in this area for that reason. You know, there's also been a lot of questions about the role of big tech in our lives, and we have some active litigation in that realm too. So it has an important impact on the work and, and lives of everyday people, and it's why we need to make sure that we are using the tools that we have to push for economic justice through our antitrust laws. Got it. And that that's really interesting. I think you've implicitly now defined civil rights in a very broad way to encompass economic justice, which certainly goes beyond the the kind of core function of being sure that certain, you know, disenfranchised uh, groups get a fair shake. This is probably a hard question or might be a little bit uh, amorphous to tackle, but what what does civil rights sort of mean to you in terms of the value that's being brought to bear so much across the board? You know, I mean, obviously we the Justice Department enforces our federal civil rights laws that were enacted by Congress and the long history of doing that work in the areas that are traditionally known as civil rights, voting rights on the policing work that we do in prisons and jails, employment, discrimination, educational equity, all of that, that is typical. The point that I think the leadership team and the attorney general are making with regards to thinking about civil rights more broadly is understanding the importance of ensuring that we have equal justice under law. It's written and emblazoned on this building and that every part of the Justice Department has a role to play in ensuring equal access to justice and equal justice under law. And that goes to the the work that the federal law enforcement does. It goes to the work that, as I said, the Environment and Natural Resources Division does. If you look at environmental justice work, it goes to the work that the Civil Division does. And so it isn't, as I said, just confined to one arena. It really is this push to ensure equal justice is one that matters for the whole department. You know, in preparing for this, uh, there are good weeks and bad weeks, as I felt when I was at the department. But uh, you've you had a few weeks ago a kind of harmonic convergence banner week. And I just thought flagging it might be a good way to talk about the um, breadth of your work. So the end of February, there's a week where you have charges return in two really important nationally significant cases involving, you know, traditional civil rights. So the Arbery murders, the McMichael and Bryan defendants, and then also the antitrust suit we talked about. And I think you even had a big sort of announcement involving the Violence Against Women Act. So a rare week, but emblematic, it seems to me, of what you are trying to like achieve in a cross-cutting way. Uh, were you popping champagne corks or do I you know, <laughs> basically have that right? 
Well, you know, Harry, every week is that type of week. <laughs> um, but you know better. Every week you at the Department of Justice. <laughs> you know better, so I can't put the blinders on you. No, it was. It was, you know, you do have these weeks where that week you're, you're raising up. They were very significant, nationally important, nationally resonant civil rights convictions in very high profile cases uh, in this major antitrust action. We also announced resources for law enforcement on to help law enforcement respond to and investigate and prevent domestic violence. You have these weeks where you can really feel the impact of the work and it is really important across the board. That was a week where uh, on a number of fronts, we were able to show what it means to be at the Justice Department, why it matters to have people who yeah. care about these issues and prioritize them, you know, why that matters and what difference it, it can make. And you don't always win, you know, as you know, uh, the Justice Department doesn't always win in all the litigation we bring. But the point of the matter is it actually matters when the Justice Department is engaged and is actively involved in these different matters that are nationally important. And I think that it's been a year where there's been tremendous expectations on the department for a whole variety of reasons, but where under the attorney general's leadership, we have been pushing so hard to ensure that we are using all of the levers that we can really to give meaning to the Constitution and the rule of law. Those can sound like incredibly abstract words, but when you think about what it means in all of the work that we do, we don't want to leave any levers on the table. We want to be able to be aggressive uh, in our enforcement. We want to be able to support policing uh, in this moment when so much of law enforcement is is dealing with a low morale and a lot of pressure, but also ensuring that we are pushing for best practices and constitutional policing practices We've got a very complex set of mandates, and I think I have been, while there is so much more to do, I've been really pleased by the fact that this is a leadership team that is really kind of supporting the career men and women of the Justice Department to use all of the tools that they have to ensure that we are aggressively enforcing the laws that are on the books and ensuring and upholding the rule of law and protecting civil rights and public safety. And there's no doubt there have been unique challenges this year as well. But this is this is the work that we have in front of us. I mean, I should note, I lumped them all together. But for example, the antitrust case, that was that's the beginning of the road for the department. You brought suit. We'll see if it's successful. VAWA, I'll double back to in a moment, because that's kind of like was a mixed bag and you and the department filling the gap a bit. Uh, the uh, Arbery, which is an unqualified win, I did want to ask you, the um, normal practice of the department is to bring charges only after the state trial has run its course to see if the federal interest has been vindicated. And there you departed from the normal practice. You in brought a federal indictment before the state had even brought the defendants to trial. Why? Yeah, the state prosecution was obviously incredibly important. But as you probably recall, the state of Georgia did not have a hate crimes law on the books when Ahmaud Arbery was murdered. And their prosecution, while incredibly important, did not address the racial motivation that animated his murder. And the fact that the crimes were racially motivated was never criminally adjudicated. So that was going to be a factor no matter what. I see that that makes sense to me. Yeah, we it was important for the Justice Department to really lay that bare for the country. I see that. Thanks. And so doubling back to VAWA, you know, there was 
dithering or half measures, it seems to me, by the Republicans in Congress. And I wanted to frame a sort of broader question. I think, you know, support for a civil rights agenda kind of waxes and wanes. And I think it's fair to say it even does so with Democratic and Republican administrations. So I'm wondering whether your current and cross-cutting emphasis on civil rights brings you into tension or even dynamic opposition with the Hill and how you handle that part of your job. Well, we have, you know, we are nonpartisan. And as you know, the career men and women who enforce our laws day in, day out, regardless of political administrations or what's going on in the country are enforcing the law. And it's this is, you know, it sounds trite, but it's actually incredibly important that our enforcement actions are never motivated by partisan influence. Though we do take stances on um, particular pieces of legislation like VAWA, where we believe that it is, uh, it's the president's priority and protecting women and other people that are subject to domestic violence and sexual assault is a core priority for the Justice Department. And this is a situation where while Congress has not reauthorized VAWA yet, we have been very clear that VAWA needs to be reauthorized. And thankfully, we have an office that uh, the Office of Violence Against Women that was founded when VAWA was originally passed that is institutionalized here at the Justice Department. And so while Congress is hopefully going to be passing but hasn't yet passed VAWA, we day in and day out are providing close to half a billion dollars of funding and technical assistance and support for programs and law enforcement around the country to combat domestic violence and sexual assault. And that's just an example. We obviously operate, it's not to say that we're naive, we operate in a world where we have oversight. That's the nature of of government. And the waxing and waning of the intensity of what that oversight looks like is something that kind of rides with the political waves. But I think one thing that I've been really proud of in my own career, just speaking personally about this is There are a lot of issues like antitrust right now and criminal justice reform where, you know, I've been able to bring people together to get things done throughout my career, take a very pragmatic view. And I think that there's actually a lot more space for doing that, despite the fact that we are in an intensely polarized time. And I think the Justice Department is trying to leverage that I do this, you know, I spend a lot of time on policing issues, as you know, um, and it's a core piece of my own portfolio between the grant making and the civil rights division. But I think with regards to some of these key issues that matter for the department, there actually is bipartisan support for, for pieces of this. And the hope is that we will get through this polarized time to a place where we can, you know, do more of this rather than less. That really has been a hallmark of your career. There's so many other things to talk about. I want to particularly just give a shout out to the revival of pattern and practice investigations for uh, municipal police forces and voting rights enforcement. Let me just say it twice, voting rights enforcement. But I've seen the index cards and the big sheets they give an associate attorney general on a given day. And I know yours is unbelievably packed. Thank you for talking to us. I just wanted to close out with a personal question of, you know, you've had some really important, impressive jobs. You've been president and CEO of the Leadership Conference. You were, as I said, the head of the Civil Rights Division. How intense is this relative to your other important jobs? Is this 
you know, drinking champagne from a fire hose for you, as as the uh, cliche puts it. And you know, how are how are the days? Does do they go quick, slow, whatever? What's it What's it been like for you? And sort of the intensity. Yeah, Harry. How many people get to wake up every morning and read the news and uh, read about an injustice or read about something that seems blatantly unconstitutional and can come in? and speak with the attorney general about what we should be doing about it or with other leaders in the department and be able to take action or work with some of the brightest minds to think about how can we deal with this or we hear from stakeholders about problems that they're experiencing in their community and hear directly from impacted folks. This is this job is the honor of a lifetime. It is completely intense. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I don't think any of us would be doing our jobs if it didn't feel intense, but it also feels incredibly important. This is a critical moment for our democracy. You were talking about voting rights, you know, just as an example, there's no question that we are confronting some emerging and aggressive new threats to voting rights and to our democracy. And so to be at the Justice Department, which has a particular role to play both in the enforcement space, but also in the kind of bully pulpit space, what an honor of a lifetime to be in this role. And my only hope is that we will be able to live up to what is expected of us and to do all that we can to, to press forward and press for justice. Vanita Gupta, Associate Attorney General, thanks very much for your time and good luck in, your, in the second year of the DOJ under Merrick Garland. Thank you so much, Harry. All right, that is our mini episode to mark the one-year anniversary of the Garland tenure in the Department of Justice. Thanks very much to Vanita Gupta, the third-ranking official in the department, for taking the time to speak with us. Stay tuned for our regular episode coming Monday with another great panel, and our focus will be economic policy and the war. Talking Feds is a production of Delito LLC. I'm Harry Littman. Talk to you later.